Welcome, geeks and gamers alike, to Board Geeks Board Games Podcast. From MTG to D&D, this is your place to listen in for all things tabletop. My name is Ryan. I'm Brandon. And I'm Logan. And this is going to be the first episode of the soon-to-be number one board game podcast, where you got some board geeks getting together to talk about board games. Today, we're going to be talking about how we each got into the tabletop fandom, what got us to stay, generally let all of you get to know all of us. All right, so how, how did we all get in into board gaming who wants to go first my, mine's really simple like uh so i started playing chess with my grandpa that was you know he taught me that and then like your, your basic board game so risk uno uh face 10 with like my mom and the rest of my family uh and then from there Oh, what's it called? Uh, Yu-Gi-Oh. You know, that's and then that's the T. Yeah, and then that's the TCG yeah. route. You know, and then now I play Magic. <laughs> yeah, what happened? Most of all, uh, mine's semi-similar. Started with family. Um, uh, I have a family of come from a family of six. I'm a triplet with a younger sibling. Right. Um, anytime we had friends over, you know, um, I say back in the day, but I'm not that old. Uh, <laughs> but still, like video games were like usually max like four players. So it's hard to get everybody yeah. in. And then even if there were more, you have to have the controllers and everything. Um, but board, board games, that was just the way to go. They had a much higher player cap. Um, we ended up doing regular game nights with my family. Um, it was like every Friday night we'd um, have pizza, watch a movie, mm-hmm. and then play a board game after. And it was like the, the communal family time. Um, board game, I think the first board game I really played was probably Clue. Uh, still one of my favorites. I'm undefeated amongst my core family. <laughs> um, I just I write down way too much information. Um, but yeah, that's that's what got me straight into it. Just being able to have so many people uh, do the right. shared activity. Um, I mean, now there are a lot of couch co-op games out there, but so you have to have the game, have the controllers. Right. So you have to have all the the material or the system stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and board games, it's just you have the game, and then everyone can just yeah sit down and play it. I don't know. I, I want to say mine started very traditional. You know, family's going to have games like Sorry, Trouble. Right. Stuff like that. Um, but I really liked Uno for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was just the design of the cards I really, really liked. And when I found that Uno had different versions, different prints, stuff like that, I would go to yard sales looking for any variation of a Hasbro game, For to be honest. And I found some really cool older 60s, 70s. I found I one of my favorite Uno packs is a 60s in the box Uno I got from a yard sale for like five bucks. Oh, that's. And it has the instruction manual still. And when you open the instruction manual, it has a nuclear family take on a photo of who would be playing Uno. And it is very dated. But <laughs> it is funny to show. It's like a little a time capsule. It's a time capsule of sorts, but it was also like a thing to show at parties. Like, right. oh, look at this thing. And then you they pull out the instruction manual. It's like, ah, that's not how it's done anymore. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I did that a lot. And then through that, I found more board games. There was board games made on some of my favorite video games I played at the time, like XCOM. Um, so that got me further into that rabbit hole. And then I kind of went down TCGs and stuff like that. Started playing Magic. Just all kinds of stuff like that where I can kind of I'm more of the collector aspect, mm-hmm. and I kind of like games that go longer. I like games that are maybe multiple sessions or long hour periods. Um, you're dedi- it's just engaging. Like you're dedicating an afternoon or like a whole like night yeah. to it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, I definitely love strategy games, the longer ones too, but I'm, I'm definitely more of a, a party game person, sit down with anywhere from five to 200 people and or something like that. And just do that. that. Uh, and just all, all play like a group, a group game together. See, um, I have a question for you on that topic. What do you define as a party game? Because I find that hard to define sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think generally my broadest definition is um, over eight players. Okay, um, so yours would, is quantity. Yeah, I, I would classify anything over eight players could be considered a party game. Just because any sort of social gathering, I figured if you have ten people, I can consider that like a party. Party. In, See, in some sense. And then So it's I, not really the game it, like the mechanics of the game itself, it's how many people the game can well, I, facilitate. I have two classifications. Yeah, um, that's where I would, go in. Would be straight numbers. It right. Incorporate a lot. It's a party game. I think another thing would be its simplicity and the quick setup. Like, so my it's not even necessarily a quick setup or a quick teardown. It's how quickly can people be brought in, right? Because if you bring a game, even if it's fun, if it's meant to have eight mm, players, yeah. but no one wants to sit through the rules to learn how to play it, I just find, especially if there's any sort of intoxicants at the party, no one's going to want to play. <laughs> and so um, it's always hard for me to gauge because like, I would have a little backpack. I would carry with me to parties, you know. I remember this backpack. Yeah, it's Saltar. And <laughs> the... I sort I sewed it up recently, so um but it would have simple games like exploding kittens, stuff like that where you just kind of like drop it down, people across the party might go, What's what's that? Yeah, yeah, it's like well, yeah, yeah. it's just you can come you can bring them in or you can say, Okay, just watch around and you can come in next round. And so they're quick, they're easy access, and uh, there's not a lot of moving pieces. You know, like when it's just cards. Mm-hmm. Oh no, you lost a card. Okay. Yep. Wow. Yeah. I, I wager most party games are are heavily card based. Uh, yeah. You you'd, um, used to bring this bag all the time to game nights, like yep. right before, like we was if we were playing like Magic that night or D and D. You'd have the the game bag as, and we'd use that as like the warm up intro into whatever we were doing for the night or like the outro, right? Mm-hmm. So like if we we're doing D and D, we'd play something like quick, you know, Gary Bay you know Gary Bay chill, and then we or we if we were playing Magic, it's like okay, let's wind down and play something a little simpler. Yeah, party games I would say definitely would have to be quick. Um, yeah, that that's usually my go-to. Uh, a party game I recently there. played that I really love, uh, Happy Salmon. Um, I've seen it on the store shelves before. It's I, I'd imagine it would be hilarious with intoxicated fellows, <laughs> but uh, you pretty much get cards with actions like high five, fist bump, stuff right. like that. And okay. you have a deck, and you just draw from the top, and you have to find someone with a matching card and do the action. So it's okay. running around screaming, "Who has high five? And then high fiving them, them okay. the next card. Who has fist bomb? And you're running around to find someone. I see. So everyone's like, yeah, swimming it's, past yeah, each other. Yeah, very family friendly, very kid okay. friendly, quick. It's twin, interactive. Yeah, great, right. Great program. Not just like sitting there types, like social deception. All those card games. Um, you're actually getting up and moving. And yeah. I like that. It's like an icebreaker game. Yes. Yeah. You know, where it's like you're interacting with people, and you may not be in a traditional icebreaker talking to mm-hmm. each other, but by interaction, it helps break. Like, oh yeah, we played a game. Before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and in that, you also don't have to really know them. You're not gonna be like shy, like go fish. I don't remember their name. I don't know if I want to. Right. Ask yeah. them if they it's like have something. It's, it's like just... you there. Do you have? Yeah. And it's like I don't know your name. I need a high five. Do you have and a high five? Screaming high five, high five. Yeah. To someone. <laughs> Um, I don't know. And then as I got older into my board game collection, because I have a big shelf now. Yeah. Eventually, eventually you do. Um, I just got more and more like, I don't know how to describe it. Bigger boxed games. And it just takes up so much room sometimes. And they're fun, but it's like hard to bring like 
five of them to a board game night. Mm-hmm. Like I had to pick like, okay, when I make my duffel bag, I go, okay, well, I gotta Which have one's this. Yeah. Gotta have one of those. Uh, yeah, because it'd be like, it's like we do the, the Fallout game. It's like, okay, we're yeah. just doing Fallout tonight. Yeah, yeah. and that's rough. Yeah. Um, so I, I dabbled into a lot more shorter games. Like there's one, uh, Heroescape, I believe is what it's called. Um, small package, easy to bring, um, easy to set up. For the most part, it's kind of got symbols that help you just, mm-hmm. okay, everyone match the symbols. Put them the, on their the drafting? Yes. So yeah. drafting for people that are un- unaware, may have never heard that term before. Um, you're going to get a hand of cards. You're going to pick your favorite from that hand of cards, set it into your deck, and then you're going to pass the, the whole hand to the person to your left or right, typically left. And uh, that next player is going to pick from that hand you handed them their own card. And mm-hmm. so the, the hands are just going to cycle between players. Um, super fun um, and easy to bring along. So it's like it's hard to gauge because like some of my favorite games aren't my big games. You know, I have like Terra Mystica. Well, that mm-hmm. that's a four hour yeah. game. Yeah, and it's a huge box. But then we play something like the Minecraft board game, and that one takes like forty minutes or less. Oh, it's so fun! And it's it's so fun! It's so fun! And it's a much smaller box. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's like because there's the Minecraft board game. What's another? There's another one you had that we played. Oh, the Dungeon Mayhem one. I love that one. Oh yeah, that, that was that one was really fun. I love that um, one. That's a D and D property. Yep, yep. Board game or a card game. Um, has preset characters, and what you're gonna do is you just you pick a character deck, shuffle it, and you just play off. You play whatever mm. cards are in it. You don't have to know what those cards are. It does a very good job. Right. Just saying, follow the symbols. It has and a key. It's a, it has a contained balance. See, yeah. To it. Each character does something different, but no one's necessarily stronger than others. I'd say in a smaller group, certain like high damage characters will obviously win mm-hmm. because the goal of the game is to get someone to zero life points. Um, so when you're only having to attack that person, it makes it a little unbalanced in that way. Right. But it's made to be played with four or more players, so it's a little easier that way. Yeah. See, I fall more in the – I like strategy games a lot, but I don't want them so crunchy, you know, that it's just like, okay, you know, we're here What's for – What's your definition of a crunch? So a crunchy game – okay. Um, a, a good example – so I can't remember the name of the game, but this, there was a train game. Ticket to Ride? Not t- so. It, think Ticket to Ride. I see. I love Ticket to Ride because it's that right amount of like rules, but you know, still like you can teach people fairly quickly. Uh, a friend of mine, because they they have a like they have a bunch of like old school board games, and the idea of this is you're on you're in England, and it's like a gridded thing, and you get a grease pencil, you know, like a mark crayon, and you have cash, and you have to buy your tracks. You can't. Uh, you you have to lay out your track however you want, and you have to be running things, and it just. There's so many parts to make it realistic. It just gets, but it's got so many. Rules. But it's got so many rules. You get to the point you're like, okay, well, I'm I've been here for like three hours and I've made forty bucks because I hauled mm-hmm. one dill of cotton. Yeah, and it's, it's so it gets to the point that it's unfun, right? Trying yeah, to be realistic, it can be like that in the XCOM board game, for instance, or the Fallout. But maybe I, th- Fallout board I think a Fallout's better. a great example of that. Um, it's like Fallout. The board game is a rpg of sorts Mm -hmm. where you're navigating a tile-based map and you're revealing and exploring and you're going to do quests among the way but it has an intricate quest system of rep like um representation you have with other clans yeah like like who you're like working with or like whose side you're on a bit of a deduction game because you're going to have a hidden agenda yep and it's going to have a blue team and a red team and you're going to be one of those two teams 
And every quest you do is going to benefit one and hinder the other. Yep. But where it, it comes in the problems is the rule book isn't structured very well and it didn't go into detail when certain interactions. Oh, I know this. Um, if you have a judge question in Magic the Gathering, let's say, you could typically find a ruling that will detail how those mm-hmm. work in the Fallout board game. The or yes, it, in or, the Fallout board game, because yeah. one, it's not super popular. You know, it's still just a board game at base, and so while board games are on the up and up, it's still not like the hobby of the mm-hmm. year. Right. So you're not having as many people like, well, how does this resolve? Like you do in Magic. I, I know all the time I see that in Magic. I can go like, I have a question on how these cards interact. I can go find. If not those specific cards, something close enough. I'm like, okay, well, I can work from there. I understand how these work. Um, but the follow-up board game has a lot of rules and just does not explain those interactions well. So it's like a rule by itself, okay, I can kind of see that. Most of the time it makes sense. But whenever a rule tramples another rule, mm-hmm. there's nothing to guide you. You kind of have to just wing it a lot of yeah. times. Uh, uh, and as we play, we find more probable solutions to stuff but yeah it It takes well every time we play it takes both of us like setting it up just to get it ready to play right like i know it's taking you and i like getting all the cards set in the right place so that's what crunchy is for you yeah that's what's crunchy is for me yeah it's like is it like abrasive or it just there's too much going on for the sake of trying to seem like sophisticated or complex it's like trying to seem like nuanced to get is like it's like i want all these things because i want to you know accurately represent this like okay i get what you're going for and that's a great idea but bring it back because it's still a game and people have to enjoy it right my definition of crunchy in a game the pieces are. (laughs) it's like is the piece edible (laughs) um do you want to explain your detail on how you would judge a game (laughs) uh on the the edibleness looking factor of it um, is a, a prime candidate for how I judge and purchase games. Uh, games like Wingspan, the little wooden eggs. The eggs. They look just like those Easter yeah. hard, like M&M coated type eggs. See, I can't have chocolate. So for me, those are like the the yeah. bubblegum eggs. Yeah, but they, they look just like it. They're pastel colors. They're smooth. They're light. I'm they're the like, right like weight even. Yeah, I'm like, Size. I yeah. this. This yeah. is a great game. If it's got like non-edible pieces, I'm like, eh. Uh, for me it's king of tokyo the the, the, the little, little like, green uh because they're your energy cues um, but i'm like those look like jelly candies mm-hmm. mars all the little squares yep. <laughs> the colored squares i can see that any game with marbles marbles are just fun <laughs> see i don't i don't play a lot of games with like edible pieces so well, <laughs> like none of them king of t- <laughs> <laughs> hey, i should say yeah uh, edible like, i don't know those are the ed- I edible hey, i don't know space marines don't taste that great oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> My magic cards cost too much for me to try to eat them. Uh, one of those, uh, man, this is like a steak dinner. Yeah. <laughs> this could have been four tombstone pizzas. Uh, don't remind me, because I was looking at Commander decks the other day. I'm like, oh, that's cost that remind much me. now? <laughs> yeah. I, like that. Um, I would say, if I had to say a game that I've been enjoying the most lately, I've pulled out quite a few, actually, because I've been able to attend a few board game meetings. Mm-hmm. Um for, for reference, we're all kind of in a board game club at our university. Right. Is, Great that's time. what that is referencing. Um, but I just genuinely like that Minecraft board game that I mentioned briefly earlier. It is just so, so fun. Um, and while it's like a, what is considered a childish IP, a lot of people consider Minecraft to be a kid's game. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and uh, kids play it for sure. I think mm-hmm. it's got a lot of great things about it. It's a great way to express yourself in the game. Um, but when it comes to the board game, I think they just did such a good job encapsulating the feel the of the Minecraft experience. Yeah. Um, while also providing a varied gameplay um, because there's several different ways to win. Um, in the base game, basically you're going to combat. So like you're going to flip cards, and if it's a monster, you can defeat it for victory points, um, which is experience points in right. like a board game to signify its experience in the game. Um, or you can play the rounds where you are building structures and based off of what round you are in abc um you're going to get points based off of what structures you have of that material or structure type um so like if you're building a art piece made of wood uh in a housing structure Mm -hmm. like that's going to have different points each round based on what it is and how they connect um so you can play to just build Mm -hmm. you can play to just fight and you can do a mixture of the both and see who wins. And you don't directly interact with each other, which yep. I think is a big thing about games I've been liking lately, um, is games where you aren't innately attacking each other. So you don't have as it's many fill. but you each have your own track. It, right, Wingspan is a great it, example of that. Like, it's more of a... It's more of a. It's more of a. Oh, you bought the thing I was needing. Oh well, I just you know divert. Right, Not a, oh you had, you you had actively attacked me and ruined my chance to win. It's, it's negate some of that feels bad moments yeah. yeah i think that's a big part of it is the feels bad but it's also like it's more fun you kind of just focus on your own stuff. you do your own yeah. thing yeah yeah like wingspan like i said is a great example of that as well because in wingspan you're just going to develop your engine um, i want to say nursery but it's not Bird a nursery uh, well it, like the the idea of the game being like your enclosure um preserve maybe preserve is it preserve great great way to say that yeah because it's like you're like a bird preserve yeah yeah yeah, yeah. so you just build up yourself you're not directly hurting each other but you're still being competitive and you still want to be the person that wins right there's there's like enough there that you're still playing a game you're not just slapping each other on the back and saying wahoo you're having a great time still you're competitive but you're not causing frustration at the table those have been the games i've been liking a lot lately um i can't explain why just stuff i've been playing so what's funny is the game i've been enjoying a lot lately is actively pvp <laughs> uh i've been playing king of tokyo because oh, i played that with my I, I got it out with my mom and my sister again big dice. it's so much fun because it's it's the thing of like what i like about it is it's that nice thing of because of all the expansions mm-hmm. you can adjust those dials to whatever you want like you can you can play just the base game you can add evolutions costumes whatever you just this is how much complexity i want in the game today mm-hmm. uh my, like my favorite mode to, like the favorite way i like to play is with the evolution expansion and the costume expansion and that's pretty much it game lasts you know 30 maybe 25 30 minutes and you know three people it's fine four people it's great you know you get to the full six it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. i don't think i've got to experience it with the full six. oh it's really good like it's chaotic oh it is so in tokyo team up against everyone yeah because the thing is because oh, you get ball yeah yeah because in a five to six player game you get two spots in tokyo instead of the one okay and uh another thing is like i really love like old kaiju movies you know godzilla yeah. mothra all those so it hits that nice little spot for me like oh it's a, this is something i already enjoy and there's still the, the rng of, of dice yeah you can't uh, necessarily be good at it yeah um yeah like i was playing 
and I got the clown costume. And clown costume says if you get one of each dice, you could just change them to whatever result you want. Um, Jamie played that so he, well. He, that one time. The, yeah, the fact that well, J- Jamie, uh, Jamie and Perry are RNG gods, and yeah. I hate playing against them because of that. Like, you want the best thing to happen for them. They're like, all right, cool. I'm just gonna let it. it just happens, you know. Right. Uh, but like my first roll of the game, I actually got the clown. So I just went cool. I'm gonna get like. I think I did three hearts so I could evolve right off the get-go. And uh, I got three points. No, I did three claws because somebody was already in Tokyo. I was the last to go. Which is damage. Yep, so I got three claws and just got them to get out of Tokyo really quick. Because uh, it was my mom. She's playing Mantis. And her favorite thing to do with Mantis is get camouflage, which can negate damage. I see. So for each damage she would take, she rolls a die. And if she gets a heart, she negates it. She negates two damage. That's pretty strong. It's stupid. It's her favorite thing. So I, I uh, And the depending, she'll, like, she'll also run like Princess as the costume she really likes to get because it gives her four rolls instead of the normal three. I think I've got to play with the costume six I uh, Next time we bring it, I'll. Maybe we'll have like a Halloween. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's costume. so. It, like I said, it's so much fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe you had already said what you were playing, right? Uh, no, I was talking about yummy games. Like, <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh, I mean, I love Clue, uh, but currently the game that I'm loving is uh, Betrayal of House on the Hill. Ooh, so third edition um, or second edition? Important uh, question. Second edition. Second is, edition still? Is the superior edition. Do you I, think that third edition will ever come around? Um, Personally, no. <laughs> after, after I have to agree, after playing the third, I'm like, oh, it's just too it's different they try to fix so many problems that weren't problems yep, in my right. opinion uh, but it starts off as a co-op you're flipping tiles to explore a haunted house yep. my favorite um, part and then at some point <laughs> you and perry i swear happens, to god <laughs> uh and bad guys come out yep um it can be everyone versus everyone free for all it can be secret trader you don't know who to trust it can be an open trader yep just monsters um it can be like players versus the game with a countdown on the house yeah tons of different modes Turn the replayability is an expansion for each one exclusive to each edition. Um, you cannot play them differently because they changed the art on the That's, cards. Um, to force, yeah, because the back, yeah, because I, I wanted to get uh, Widow, is it Widow's Walk? I have, I have Widow's Peak. from the second because I had yeah. the second edition and it never like our game store never had or it yeah. did, and I was like, well, I can't justify that purchase right now because one of the uh, uh, one of the haunt scenarios it's just rocky rocky horror yeah. picture show yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like i've never seen that show but i love how wackadoodle is like that's insane y'all got <laughs> that concept into a board game yeah uh, but yeah no perry and ryan anytime we play that game we're like cool we're gonna just zoom as far as they can my favorite is to pick a small child who has high agility yep the speed and down just, yeah just <laughs> blind dash down a hallway see that's because that's how perry love perry will only play peter akimoto he doesn't care what yeah. he, he only plays peter akimoto and he does the same thing i don't know there's just something that's so fun about being like i discovered every <laughs> time and everyone always is like i don't have a big enough table i'm like well then we shouldn't have played this game because i wanted to if i bought the whole game i'm gonna play the whole game. that's gonna use every time yeah part of the experience every of, game part of the experience of being haunted how does it is moving the tiles to try and fit <laughs> new ones in. And we have one hallway that's just going down in a straight line. Uh, it's no not reason. my fault that we had a long table. And that was the most optimal way to do that. Um, yeah, and and they're actually um, like reskinned thematic versions of it. I just got recently. Yeah, you were yeah, telling me about um, this. A Scooby Doo uh, one. I yeah, I just bought it. I there's just, a, I saw it. And I was like, I'm getting it. Uh, there's a D and D one. Yeah, it's like supposed to be like Bald- Bald- or Betrayal at Boulder's Gate. Yeah, it's ah. supposed to be Baldur's Gate. But so, 
I don't want to go into D and D too much, but like, why is it always Baldur's Gate? That's one of the most iconic. It's because uh, well, yeah, because part of the thing is like it has the video games tied to it. Uh, is it Ravenloft? I thought it was Faerun, the Forgotten Realms. Uh, Ravenloft is just the other well-known. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's so was big. Yeah, so yeah, it's heard of Ravenloft. Right. So it's part of the Forgotten Realms. And it's like the iconic location, like yeah. probably and besides is this like a so this water is a canon story. Mm-hmm. Like this happened. I think there's a campaign at Baldur's Gate. Yeah, so it's yeah, okay. so Baldur's Gate. So like a lot of it ties into oh, these are things that are happening at Baldur's Gate while well, your PCs were there, or whatever. And I think it was one of the earlier books, so everyone just kind of ran with that. That's my thing. It's like I'm fairly certain it's super old. Yeah. I'm like they have not made anything better. Like it's just everything is Baldur's Gate. Well, they either redo uh, Curse of Strahd every like four years. You know, mm-hmm. they love Curse of Strahd. It's like oh, it's vampires. Yeah, we'll just do that again. Uh, Ravenloft. Dragonlance. They finally revisited Eberron like a few years back, and it, which is supposed to be like magic punk. Mm-hmm. It has like Warforge. It has guns. Uh, the oh, what's it called? They have like a like a uh, yeah. It's got guns, magic guns. There's a there's like a magic guns. There's a paladin who has is basically a Wild West gunslinger. Interesting. Um, like I said, I don't want to go too into the weeds on that. I was just curious. It's oh, just yeah. something that piqued my interest. It's just always because I, I played D&D. I hosted D&D campaigns myself as Who a hasn't? DM. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I don't know why it was always Boulder's Gate. I don't get the hub of the I don't ask questions. I just look for the D&D. Logo. Which is, which is <laughs> funny because like when I first started playing D&D, I just did a homebrew off the bat. I'm like, I don't mess with that. I want to do whatever I want. Man, my favorite. Okay. I knew I know. I just said the words I don't want to get into. This. <laughs> <laughs> what was your favorite D and D character? Ooh, my favorite D and D character. Because we've all played it, yeah. right? Um, also, I'm gonna go with uh, a current character that's uh, in the campaign that's ending here pretty soon. Uh, Remus. He's a, a tiefling rogue. You know, pretty pretty basic, right? <laughs> um, uh, but we play with a lot of homebrew, so he's also got the uh, specter. Uh, Grim Hollow transformation. Oh, um, okay, got, yeah, yeah. Um, one of the the boons the, from Nyx uh, that has to do with being a ghost. Oh, I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, yeah it came out. with the gods, so I'm yeah. a champion for the the god mask, god of thieves. Um, oh, that's really yeah, cool. Pretty insane. And I died, and I had a clone in a jar, and came back. Um, okay. Pretty crazy. So I'm just kind of like an immortal ghost, chilling. <laughs> What about you, Brandon? Okay, I have like I've I'm DMing so often. I have like five characters I get to pick from ever, <laughs> ever like from the entire time I played. The last like and one of them was years. a one shot. One of them was a one shot. Yeah. Uh, so if I had to pick, it's probably mm, it's really hard because it's either there's a mushroom man I played recently in a one shot because I was like I want to play a mushroom yeah. little dude. Mushroom. No, okay, it has to be. So it's he's a cleric. His name was Kip Doolahand, and I went I've for like, this yeah, yeah. So what I did for the character was just, you know, Irish. You know, he's Irish. He's like, like think Irish priest, and you know, like, you know, accent because like I can do that Irish accent pretty okay. He's like, trust me, I can do it. I'm, I'm gonna do it for you now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm. I listen. Listen, my family is Irish. We get to make those. <laughs> uh, but you know, so the idea is like, I really like. He's a very pious person, and his his whole like backstory is like he grew he grew up rough. Member of the church found him, and he went, "Oh, I like this. I can help help other people, and put like my skills to use." Yeah. And so just, you know, generally like upbeat guys. Somebody's like, oh, he's always like, he's like, I was always like, you know, against drinking. He's like, no, you know, he's like, live your life. He's like, but if you need help, 
you know, I can help, you know. Mine isn't as complex in the slightest. <laughs> um, it was a, a custom campaign, so it wasn't following any book or anything. Just a homebrew. And um, I got to play a character um, that was a slime folk, which their abilities, it's like from third edition, I want to say. Mm-hmm. Um, someone's going to correct me on that, I'm sure. Yeah, of course. Um, it's D&D. But... Of course they will. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was the slime folk. And the way they work is your health points are your abilities. Right. Um, the more stuff, the more mass I consume, um, the more health points max I have. Um, but theoretically I didn't have a max per se. It was just, that's how many hit points I had. Um, so long as I always had at least one hit point, uh, I lived and I can split myself up into multiple things beings of me. But every time, so say I go to cast a fireball, right? As that character, mm-hmm. um, I would have full strength if I'm not split. If I split into two characters to be able to shoot two fireballs, they will be at half damage. So on and so forth for all the rest okay. of the map. So um, by the time I got reincarnated, it's slime. <laughs> yes, something like that. Uh-huh. I believe that's an anime. Yes. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. Little... fairly popular anime. <laughs> um, but it's, it was my favorite because she, the DM allowed me to play it, but I couldn't get the telepathy until level eight. Ah, and so had... she gave me weak telepathy, which was a custom brew where I was only allowed to say three words in any given sentence to talk to people and See, i couldn't string multiple sentences so you, together she, she gave you like message almost as like yeah. a, a quick like a, a well, i think message is 10 words so you so you, you had like a nerfed version yes. of message uh that's See, I you've talked about this character before, and it made me go, "Man, slime folk would be really cool to add to my campaign setting." They're just so fun because, like, like one of the so if I were to talk, it'd be mm-hmm. like, "Me need food." Yeah, attack that guy. He'd get along. He is bad. Like <laughs> he'd get along with Thresh, who was like yes, our Thresh. party mascot from my campaign. Uh, he was just this random bug guy they found in the middle of the desert, and they're like, "Well, maybe he's seen the bad guy." They bribed him with food. And it's like, okay, now he's gone. He's just going to leave. Like, we'll give you more food if you come with us. And the bug man went, yeah, sure. You know, but, you know, low intelligence. But they found out he could, like, because he had uh, telepathy. So he could talk to people in their head. They they tried to use him as a uh, translator once. How'd that work? Oh, it went terrible because he's stupid. He was not very bright. <laughs> so they're, like, trying to give him these very complex, like, Thresh, we need you to tell them this. And Thresh go, Thresh got it. Thresh not understand what you say. <laughs> uh it also led to one of my favorite scenes in the campaign at the end is uh, so to to give some context Perry had made a sandwich and he goes how much is a sandwich heal for I'm like I'm like maybe a point like a d4 I'll give you a d4 he's like okay before the big boss fight I'm making 50 sandwiches and thre- and he's like thre- he's like Thresh will help me I'm like sure <laughs> so he gave Thresh a bag full of sandwiches and that's what he went into battle with besides the normal weapons uh, they, they fight the lich they get knocked out Thresh had gone down they'd healed him back up and that the, you know everybody's doing the cleanup and Thresh is eating a sandwich and Jamie's character who had gone down to his paladin goes how you doing Thresh and he goes Thresh got herded and hands Jamie's character a sandwich and Jamie's character goes, me too, buddy. Me too. And sends out and eats a sandwich with him. <laughs> I was in there too. Yeah. yeah. You guys like had just finished the fight. You're all just, you know, beat the hell, beat the hell and back. But too, I, Thresh. I love that. Me too, buddy. Me too. <laughs> Such a good like um, so ending. I don't play the characters very seriously. And this will be the last thing I say on the topic. Um, just because like, I find it really fun. So like that slime folk, Eight bottles. That was like its thing. It uh, loved eating glass. And there's no 
in-game reason mm-hmm. to be doing that. There's no advantage to that. There was no like just passive skill. Role play. Yeah, yeah, I was like, oh, okay. I I will because the first thing I ate in front of them was a bottle they threw on the floor. She just kind of stuck with that, and I stuck with that, and I think that's fun. It's part of the role play aspect, and it kind of like it gave people an expectation of what my character did, mm-hmm. right? I'm right. not just out of blue, Mary Sue, best thing in the world. I was kind of just following along, and then someone would do something like a, a giant we fought dropped a <laughs> a rock on my head because he hit the ceiling. And so then I dropped a bigger rock on his head, and I was like, no, I don't like that. Um, but anyway, what other parts of your collection do you think are odd or maybe other people won't have? Uh, I have a slight obsession with uh, co-op board games. So um, multiplayer, like co-op, or like yes. two-player? Uh, multiplayer. There are a lot of two-player co-op, but I, I like a big group. You can have like five, six people, four, four to six people sit down and play against the game right so it's you okay. ver- so it's you versus the board game yes. not each other right right yeah uh the the forbidden series forbidden oh okay yeah 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 forbidden right right with that um totally blanking on other ones right now but <laughs> uh king of tokyo the king of line has king of monster island which yeah, is like that I just got that as it's well. very good i what like what yet again great mm. thing of the monsters can be used in any of the games oh, the, the alien board game uh, oh ship and roll and the alien will move like the things. colonial marines kind <clears throat> of yep. alien. Uh, oh, that's fun. Okay. Oh, pandemic mm-hmm. is so. Fun. Yeah, I just, I just like because I mean I'm fairly competitive. I don't want to say I win, but I, I win a lot of, of games, especially playing against people who don't play a lot of games. I, I, right. No more. Yeah. Um. So it's always fun to have uh, a co-op game you can play where you all kind of win together and no one feels left out, defeated. Uh, or anything like that. Uh, yeah, that's that's why I'm not allowed to. I was not allowed to coach my mom. And we used to play big player <laughs> games of Magic, right? I bumped her. And she'd always borrow my uh, my green devotion list. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody got mad. I'm like, okay, mom, here's how you. Because I get knocked down. I'm like, okay, mom, I'm gonna tell. I'm gonna te- you know, like, okay, Brian, you're not allowed to coach her. Yeah, coach her because she doesn't play as much Magic. And but she loved that list because it was you know big dumb green stompy things. Mm-hmm. And it was like, okay, Brian's not allowed to do that anymore. So we play like Arch Enemy instead. Right, so it's like okay, well, you guys versus me. The weirdest thing in my collection, I it's got to be some of the Unos I found, like that '60s Uno. Right. Um, I have Uno Jenga. Uh, yeah, I like that one. Oh a yeah, lot. I've seen that at your house. Yeah. yeah, it's on the shelf. I don't get to play it often, but the way it works is it's going to function with the same rule set as Uno, but rather than cards, you're going to have a Jenga tower. And you pull that. Yeah. Yep. So like if the previous person pulled yellow two. Right, you got to pull a two or a yellow. Exactly, the and uh, there are wilds stuff like that. Yeah, uh, um, and same idea, and it, it's just um, because it's meant to be like a two-player game. I think that's what mm-hmm. makes it so hard to play. Is that typically if I have people over, it's going to be more than a person. Yeah, and so it's hard to get a two-player game out, slap it on yeah. the table, and say let's all have. Fun. Yeah, I mean you could you could possibly play that one more but it would just be over so i think it max at four well it'd be hard to determine who a winner is right because like if the loser is who knocks over the tower would you have to set the tower up multiple times i thought for jenga if you knock it over you can't win but then whoever shows jenga first wins that I don't. Know. I don't know. I just. I don't know. I, I just go. I played giant listen, jenga. I, I would usually giant just go. Jenga, I just like. Oh no! Whoever knocks it over can't win. Oh, um, I see. And then whoever of their main people shows jenga first is the winner. Oh, so okay. like. Oh, so I wonder if it's like whoever knocks it over and then somebody has to shout Uno kind of thing, probably. 
We have to actually, you know what? This has been one of those times. Yeah, I don't know where the Uno. Juno. Juno, yeah. I don't know where the Uno part comes in. I'm going to be real with you. <laughs> Maybe it's one of those. Uno rule set, but I don't know what the word Uno is played in. It's it one of those things probably reading. It didn't have its manual. Reading the rules would have probably explained it, but we like, no, we got this. Well, I didn't have the rules. I was second. Oh, that's right. Uh, the glory of the internet, though. Have you ever looked it up? <laughs> so, okay. I want to say this is a very niche not popular <laughs> print of Uno. So, uh, but oh, I love like there's a minimalistic Uno that's out right now. Uno. Oh yeah. Oh, what is, I love new, what is that new Uno uh, with the plus tens everywhere? Oh, uh, the hate your friends. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's what it's officially called. That's what everyone calls it. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Uno, I would argue probably Uno and Monopoly probably the two most reprinted games. I, I would, Monopoly, yeah. easy, easy. Yeah. They like there was a time right before the uh, C nineteen virus mm-hmm. where you, um, three or so different brand names yeah. were stapled onto Monopoly. Yeah, Monopoly for every like state, every city, every national park. I mean, if um, our city here can get a Monopoly, Monopoly yeah, any city can get a Monopoly. Uh, there, but there's Unos for national parks. There's Unos. For, I didn't like, know every, that every fandom. Um, See, but I've seen Justice like themed Uno, BTS Uno, Jurassic Park Uno. Yeah, there's uh, an Uno a, for you. Yeah, in addition to alternate <laughs> art styles, um, and I'd argue Uno's probably a lot more played than Monopoly, which is why I think it's. Really it's like, wait, more. Uno's made by Mattel, right? It's like Mattel. I will sell that. You know, Uno. There's an I, Uno for I you. Pulled it up. It's Uno, no mercy. Okay. So very pretty close to not liking your friends. Like Uno, no more friends. <laughs> friends yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, very. Very interested in that. Yes. So you know what stinks is I don't have as many board games. I don't like my collection is much smaller. It's much like something I enjoyed a lot and I can teach, Mm -hmm. you know, like I can because I play board games usually with Ryan or you guys at the, you know, because he introduced me to like the the bigger stuff and then uh, or at the board game club. So I don't really have anything like odd in my collection. I can think of like. There's a letter Uno. I'm finding all kinds of Unos now. I'm on my phone. I should. It's like, uh, so yeah, I don't have anything like weird. I mean, kind of going off that to to wrap up, I think that is the great thing about board games is not everyone needs it. Like I can have a copy. No, everyone needs an Uno. (laughs) Okay. I think it, it comes on Xbox. Everyone has Uno. Is um, Xbox <laughs> anyway, sorry. Uh, yeah, like, <laughs> no, we're not doing this joke. <laughs> <laughs> if I have the game, everyone can come play, play it. Yep. To borrow it, it's it's so easy. Uh, it's like pass around, and then you can always get a copy if you like it. But... Yeah, that's how uh, that Dungeon Mayhem I'm probably going to pick up because oh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. It's probably cheaper. Well, I guess it depends on if it's still in. I really want all the expansions, so I know I'm going to. Yeah, I want to be spending yeah, a bit. You're going to do a whole investment. Yeah, it's like, oh, no. It can't be that way. But it also, sometimes websites will sell them like, as a package. Deal. So you can get it. So it's not too bad. Um. Anyway, Logan, as you were. Yeah, I mean, I think that's the great thing about board games. Um, it's a club, right? The, the organization that I founded a long time ago, that club, mm-hmm. it was all about just, if you have a game, sit down. Sure, play it because like you can i have games i have a lot of games i don't play all of them don't have time yeah. to play all of them don't have friends to play i have friends but i don't you know everyone's not right. always there yeah you don't have friends living them. in your house to play board games at all yes times. um so it's just nice to have a place to be able to bring it in and play with everyone yeah it's like hey this one i don't get to bust out a whole lot y'all guys want to sit with me yeah so i mean uh that looks like it's about time to wrap up this episode so uh thank you everyone uh for listening and be sure to catch our next episode We're going to be talking about starting and building your board game collection on a budget because this is a very expensive hobby, um, but it's, it's great to get into.